people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Renaissance fest. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Live from the Brett Cave, it's Thursday night. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Let's get ready to pod. Oh, no, that's the wrong one, too. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host, Derek McCaw. Thanks. That was a lot of buildup. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long walk off a very short, short Well, period. it would have been at least that long if I did the whole that's okay you don't have to that's true. hey, he's, hey he's you, don't, you don't have to get defensive this early this man practices I can tell he I don't know what he's practicing but that's it I'm Derek McCoy editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com and we are podcasting on ooh Thursday the 13th of December from the Brett Cave and to my right is as we get him plenty of crap already I am Nate Costa counting down to the end of the world We'll at least get one more in before the yeah, world right. ends. That's yeah, right. Okay. That's going to well, be a big one. That'll be a good theme next week. End of the world <laughs> podcast. The world podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, all right. It'll I be guess Christmas cast and end of the world cast. It'll be time for, if those, we can make it for those really, really dark, dark confessions because <laughs> you want to pay the consequences of them the next day. Oh. Uh, so it'll all come to an end at, uh, what, 2 p.m.? Is that the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I barely kept track of So 12, if 12. next week, if a podcast producer and moral compass is about to introduce himself. Could Rick Brett Snyder. All right. Find out what time the world is going to end so we can make sure you post it before then. You know what? Because this is going to be, if this you gonna be a, Post it in enough time that people can listen to the whole show. On the afterlife, I want to meet people in heaven who said, you know, when it happened, I was listening to you. Yeah. But, you know, tonight's show is going to be a good show. You know why? Why? Because my face is already hurting from the pre-show walk through and laughing at what we're going to be talking about. Way to build it up. Built it up way too much. (laughs) Yeah. That's, um, kids, we're going to learn, you know, we haven't had lawn on the podcast for a while, but we still like to teach that you send out a vocabulary word. Tonight's vocabulary word is anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, we've got some comics news. Great podcast. Um, who's been fired by DC this week? How have they bobbled things this week? Who are they screwing over? We're gonna. Those are two different actual topics this oh, week. Wow, that's amazing. Um, what have they done to make Rick and Derek think? Well, maybe we will buy, buy Phantom Stranger number four <laughs> after all. Maybe. Um, and hey, friends of the podcast, two people that we have interviewed on this podcast and and who have acknowledged us publicly afterwards uh, have new books <laughs> out this week, and so we want to give them a shout out. And and then. Um, Wow, and, and Marvel tries the Hunger Games. And then we'll talk about the trailers that have come out and the excitement there's been with that. So that's for movies. And Rick has seen something in 48 frames per second. And as far as I can tell, he, he did not lives. throw up. I, no. And then we'll talk a little bit about TV and DVD. And, oh, and you've got some and news Avengers about Alliance. Avengers Alliance. Everyone's favorite wow. Facebook So everybody game. stay tuned for Nate going wild on Avengers Alliance tonight. <laughs> we'll put that at the end for the people who oh, are right where to go Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I wish I could quote directly, but I love the power of the... I got a letter this week, and now, foolishly, it's deleted from my phone, and Aww. I apologize. But 
I want to shout out because I, I this this does fill me with joy. That again, the reach of Fanboy Planet, um, it's just weird. I got uh, I, I, my Facebook post was that uh, I sometimes get frustrated with Facebook. I sometimes get frustrated running Fanboy Planet. Yes, there I've said it, but when the two things combine to have a childhood friend actually email me and then to find out that we had this thing in common it was really cool. So this week we, you know, last week we talked about Tron. We, we debriefed yes. it. So I wrote up, a, I tried to kind of summarize all our things about Tron on buzzchomp.com and, uh, which then I posted on fanboy planet as well. And, uh, then I got this email from this kid, kid, cause I'm no kid. Um, <clears throat> we're young at heart. This someone you knew as kid. someone I knew as a child, uh, Randy Sharp. Uh, and I was talking about how much the thing is that about Tron is what everybody really loves is the light cycle. So he said, I love them too. And, uh, and I loved working on them for Tron legacy. So I hope that they don't suck in the next one. Um, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating. He's just hoping that the next one's really good and he gets a chance to do it again. Yeah. So actually one of the guys that worked, that did the light cycles for Tron legacy was somebody I went to elementary school with. And I think, oh, that's nice and cool that he read Fanboy Planet, and we have that reach. It's pretty awesome. So, that's the light line. cycles and legacy were awesome. Oh, they were awesome. All yeah. the vehicles. I mean, that's the thing is, I yeah. wanted the games to be good, and actually, the Wii game, uh, Luke and I had. We don't have Tron Evolution. We had the other one, Battle Grid. Yeah. So I bought that for for uh, Kid Macaw, and it's just fun to. I can spend hours just racing those light cycles on Wii. <laughs> Yay! I don't understand the subtleties of it, but it's pretty. And my point there was, you know, which I had not realized last week, is that uh, over at Disney World, they've opened this or revised this ride called Test Track, which is the similar right. system to Cars Land to. Uh, um, Radiator Springs Racers. Right. It opened like eight years ago. Yeah, so it was a solid race. Yeah. It was they've redone it, and essentially every single commentary I've read on it is, it's Tron. But they won't call it Tron. It's like, uh. no, it's by Chevrolet, but it's Tron. And no, <laughs> don't call it Tron, but it's Tron. And, you know, it's like, just give in. We don't really want the movie, but we want all the toys and the lifestyle. Yes. I, that's what we, we want the Tron lifestyle. So uh, I don't want the Tron lifestyle. You don't? I don't, don't want to live in a video game. Really? Don't you? No, no, I don't. Okay. I will say your fiance is as attractive as Quora. Would that help? I don't even know what that means. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was a nerd compliment. Okay. It oh, was thank a nerd plement. Uh, so, uh, all right. Let's get to some comics news. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, uh, and DC in particular has been under fire a lot for for representing women in comics. And you remember a couple of years ago when... Uh, lack of representation. Lack of representation. Well, but it's an issue in general. It's like yes. other women creators. Now, um, and you remember a couple of years ago, a, a woman was cosplaying as Batgirl. Yes. And kept attacking Dan DiDio. She was known at Comic-Con as the Batgirl girl. Yes. And uh, But the one thing that made everybody feel a little better was that Gail Simone was writing Batgirl. Yes. And that book is selling really well in the 60,000s, which even, you know, there was a brief surge of the New 52 where a lot of books went over 100,000. But right now, if you're selling in the 60,000s, that's, that's, that's really that's good. good. Sales. That's really good sales. And Gail Simone's done, and I, I don't think I mentioned on the podcast just a few weeks ago, picking up a, a couple of issues of Batgirl because of death of the family and going, geez, I've, I've clearly missed out on a, on a really good book for a year. Like I need to go back and get those trades because she's written, she's done some really good work with Barbara Gordon. 
Well, DC must have thought so, too, because unceremoniously last weekend, they fired her via an email. No explanation Ooh. given, just saying that someone else... At least it was an email, not a text message. Yeah. Oh, oh no. They, they they broke up with her by a text <laughs> exactly. message to say, I'm sorry, I'm seeing someone else. Uh, you, or your, their best your, friend texted You're saying, free to see other Marvels. Yes. Um, and which is apparently on Facebook today. She has been saying, oh, some joy is coming and something good. So, I mean, of course she's going to land on her feet. But I cannot understand... I think she'd be she'd be a great one to take over Ms. Marvel or Captain Marvel now. I don't care what she takes over; yeah. she'll be good at it because I haven't ever read a Gail Simone book that I haven't enjoyed. You know, indeed. I, I mean, the the closest would come would be when she it was a Teen Titans, I think, uh, two issues of Teen Titans that she had she was right, scripting with Rob Liefeld drawing mm. and i don't blame gail simone i was angry at rob liefeld for being so uncontrollable as an artist that he made uh gail simone like throw in the towel i mean there was just no it was just like this book is incomprehensible but i can't blame her she's trying to justify weird weird panels yeah. and like at one point there's just a volcano just randomly showed up uh and so she had to justify why are they surrounding it volcano but anyway um so uh, and then she's, ambush bug. she's gonna be fine but what i don't and, and if rob liefeld had drawn ambush bug i would have been happy um uh, but she's gonna be fine but the thing is again I, I i my argument a couple years ago is it's not about about representation of women in comics it's i think good creators that are delivering good books and selling well should be whether male or female whoever right. they are um and I mean, the proof goes, you know, like Fiona Staples. Why am I? I'm not following Saga because Fiona Staples is, is a woman. Is a woman no. is because she's a great artist. I love her work, and uh, you know, so the same thing goes with Gail Simone. So why would DC do it? I have no idea. Except madness just seems to have seized that company. Uh, on the flip yeah. side, you know, Marvel now the initiative is promising that these creative teams. That are going to stay there for a long time, and you and you just saw that. I mean, Hickman had that long run on Fantastic Four and yep. FF. He got to tell his epic story, and then you know, over here, you reward a a, a creator who's doing good work, and just say, "Bye, uh, we don't have any other assignments for you. Catch you later." I have to say, I, uh, Hickman's writing the new Avengers, and there was a preview of that. Yeah, which this is week. different from Avengers, right. which I already bought. Right? It's That's- actually what they're actually saying is the Illuminati. Are the new Avengers? Are the new Avengers, which is kind of a cool idea, led by T'Challa, the Black Panther. Hickman, you irritate me because I really wasn't planning on spending that extra three ninety nine. <laughs> well, and you should have known better, Derek, because Hickman is writing it's, it. It's beautiful art too. Who is uh, drawing the art? Uh, I didn't check. Well, let's check. Oh, it's oh, this is the Marvel Now preview book. Oh, 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 wait, is this going to be large? Steve Epting, Steve Epting, Epting. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, he's great. He's yeah. great. So yeah. Damn it. Okay. There you go. Another book I'm going to buy. Sucking money out of Derek McCaw's pocket. Marvel, I'm not a Marvel fan, but they're, but they're, right now they are doing better work. They, you oh are God. a Marvel I've fan, said Derek. It. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, he's, he's, he's always been Daredevil. much more deep. Are you a fan of Daredevil right now? I honestly haven't been reading Daredevil. I was Mark Wade's for, Daredevil. You haven't I know. Been I've been, I'm gonna, it's great. I'm, I'm reading the trades. trades, though. I'm going to buy the trades. You haven't been reading Indestructible Hulk? 
for one I issue. I did buy that for yes, no, and that's the point is I bought almost all, all of the, the Marvel now Marvel journey now. almost mystery. all. Ah uh, yes, I got the trade paperback uh-huh. there. So um, Daredevil's going to be in trades. That's a, that's a that's a great gift. If someone wants to give me that for Christmas, Mark Wade's Daredevil will be fantastic. Um, but uh, you know, I've caught up on my journey into mystery. Absolutely, but that's the thing. Is like it used to be because of a different social circumstance, shall we say? Um, I could only I only had like twenty bucks a week to spend on comics, and when they get raising the prices, that got harder and harder to maintain. Yep. So, you know, I'd have to I'd have to cut books. So like I gave Daredevil a try. I enjoyed it and went, eh, I'm just gonna have to put it on a Christmas list and hope because there are too many books that I'm invested in knowing what's happening on a monthly basis. And now I have a little room to expand. But what I'm finding is the expansion is almost all Marvel. I picked up almost all the Marvel nows and I'm like and with the possible exception of X Men Legacy. I'm with you there. I, I dropped that. I, I that, that got one book. That was it. But everything else was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. The weakest, I think, is the Fantastic Four. So far. So far. Second issue came out, but I picked it up because I went, well, I like Matt Fraction. i got to give him a chance. And so he's got to at least get my three issues. And it wasn't that the first issue was bad. It was just like it didn't catch me like the way the other books that I had picked up were, were catching my imagination. Well, it came out this week, and um, and thanks to Dan Slott, I'm back into Amazing Spider-Man, which I haven't been in years. Well, there you go. Avengers, yeah. Avengers Arena is another one that had a sample. Battle Royale, this week. yeah, Battle Royale, um, Hunger Games meets uh, Avengers, and from the sample in in the book, I'm I'm not thinking this is going to be a long term buy for me. Um, but you know what? But, but but from the but this is one of those books that really and and Marvel's not going to be honest about it. Is it's a miniseries? Yeah, because it's a it's a concept, and it's them. It's actually what it. It's not an ongoing. It's a concept for a story. What it is is they've Storyline. had these. They've had these um, Avengers Academy the teen superhero concepts that they've gone through ever since. Um, ever since uh, what was it? Uh, the uh, uh, initiative. The initiative. Yeah, the initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've been training them. They've had different oh, right, things, right. and this is a lot of those characters, which I haven't been following because I thought they were all pretty old, crappy characters. But they've mixed in the Runaways, and so I'm a little bit, I'm a little oh, more no, intrigued and they by did that. One other thing which I love because which? they mixed in Arcade, and as uh, far as villains go, Murder Arcade and his Murder, Murder World, World fits this is one of my favorite concepts, one yeah. of my favorite X Men storylines originally. Yeah, um, you know I haven't read all of them, but it, but it was that was like to me, mm-hmm. if Arcade showed up in a story when I was in high school, it was like okay, yeah, I'm down with this. I love the concept of Arcade, and they ne- they didn't really overuse him. Now this might overuse him, overexpose him, but we'll have to see. You know, because he's in um, uh, Ultimate Alliance, the game. Uh, the video game ah. is, a, is a huge arcade section, and that was easy. I squeed in a very manly baritone. Squeed. Squeed. Um, you know, it's arcade. Awesome. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's true. Okay, so I love that. Um, so there again. But I'm going to say that uh, the, of the two titles we mentioned, Legacy, and I'm not anticipating great things out of uh, AA. Myrtle World, um, but, but, we'll but everything see. else has just been hitting it out of the park. Uh, but, you know, but we'll see and, and give it a, give it a shot. You know, yep. um, and uh, so and go back over to DC and their and their stellar and this is what I feel their stellar treatment of creators, and I can't believe that I'm like feeling better about the way Marvel's treating their creators too. Everything's relative. 
Uh, everything's relative. It's okay, so they announced. Now, uh, Keith Giffen, who I really like, I you know, a, a, a fun writer, serviceable. Um, they announced that they're doing that they're doing a book free of featuring their cosmic characters uh, or their space. Because I, I think Marvel, cosmic is, more Marvel, Marvel yeah. is cosmic. DC is more science fiction space guys. Yeah, so Space uh, Ranger, space, space Ranger, Tommy Tomorrow, uh, Space Cabbie. All these ca- those kinds of characters are coming back together in a book for the New Fifty Two called Threshold. I'm down with that. I'm excited. What was, Ex- the, what was the, there was a anthology book that had all those characters in it? Uh, space Cabbie was not never his own title. He was in something else. Uh, was it? It was the same Strange Adventures. Was it Mystery the same Adam Strange book? Uh, yeah, follow ups. I think so. Or, yeah. or Mystery in Space. Or Showcase. Mystery in Space. Mystery in Space. Okay. Yeah. Mystery in Space. Um, and they and they and they had tried it before. Uh, They'd done it before the new Fifty Two. What 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 did we call that universe? Uh, Pre Blackest Night, there was an right, NFL, there was a mystery right. in space follow up to the, so it was yeah. bringing all these titles together and trying to rehash these concepts, yeah. which, which is all cool. I, I I'm again I'm I'm happy with that because I I do like those characters. You got to do something, I, and part of these revivals I do understand is partially a trademark thing. You can't let them lie fallow for too long, right. or someone else can take it. I can take the name, and, and you fail to defend it. And that's why you always get these one shots, even from Marvel. These one shots of characters, like they're giving them, giving that guy another shot. Why? Um, and, and that's why Captain Marvel keeps coming up, and with different concepts, because over at Marvel, because if you don't, then, if they don't, then Shazam, Shazam can be can who be he's supposed to be. Captain Marvel. Uh, <laughs> Space Cabby was always didn't. Carmine Infantino, Carmine Infantino, yeah, Tino. Uh, that was just such a wacky premise, but it, uh, the stories were great. Yeah, John Broom. Science fiction writer John Broom was, yeah. I mean, which just blows my mind. In the 50s and 60s, these sci-fi books by DC were actually being written by this guy who is known as this great pulp writer um, who didn't know that, you know, like in comics, that comics loved him. He, like, moved to Japan and Comic-Con started up, and they're like, hmm. He had no idea that there was this fandom that was following his work, um, which is kind of cool. But anyway, Threshold, the third issue is going to feature, let me just, let me give you the adjectives. <clears throat> So let me know if, if any of this intrigues you, uh, Nate. Whoremongering? Nope. Okay. Uh, hard drinking? Nope. Psychotic? It sounds like Lobo to me. It does. Rabbit. <laughs> Harvey on a and that And that rabbit has an orange, red, and yellow costume. And a C on his chest. Has a period. Captain Carrot. Captain, oh, I'm sorry, no. There's a K in his name now. It's Captain K apostrophe Rot. Captain K Rot. Uh, so, so in what has got to be the most ridiculous thing. Is this alternate universe Captain Carrot, apparently? Ah, uh, the most ridiculous thing that DC has done. It's lawyer universe. Um, is like, is, you know, that would be like some, this is how the Turtles got started. Parodying the grim and gritty <laughs> a phase of comics and making these teenage Turtles parody X-Men and Dark Knight at the same time. And you got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which turned into a funny cartoon. Daredevil more. Uh yeah you're right because yeah. it was Daredevil a because Dark Knight had uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it was, I was still in high school when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but it was X Men and Daredevil it was Frank Miller Frank Miller Daredevil and Chris Claremont being mocked right um yeah and then and then making with art by Tom Rainey and Howard uh, 
Gordon is doing the covers. It, it, it's very, uh, no, it's just defying logic. And the, and the thing is that Scott Shaw and Roy Thomas, who created Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew, apparently still have like a 20% ownership of it, but they don't have any ownership of Captain K-Rot because it's a totally different character. That'd be bad to That's give right. those it's guys money. It's alternate universe, Captain Carrot. Okay. Yes. I would just it's wonder if, the, if on the Robot Chicken special when they had the, was it Captain Carrot's funeral? The Green Lantern couldn't keep a straight face through? Yeah. I think so. Because they had all the other Because the other characters characters like Yankee Poodle walked by yeah. and that's a minute group. Poodle! Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. is, I, I do wonder if Scott Shaw and Roy Thomas got a little kickback for their usage there. But the, and that's the thing. is like you just brought back the zoo crew you know, I mean, and again, when people complain about not having books for kids, just put Captain Carrot in the amazing. Let yeah. Scott Shaw. Well, they do were it. they were just in. They were in Final Crisis. Final Crisis. That's what yeah. it was. But the point in Final Crisis was you brought back Captain Carrot, who had been who had been hidden as Zatanna's rabbit. Um, you brought back Captain Carrot. And he stood with Superman, and the point Grant, Grant Morris was make, making, because Final Crisis was, of course, a commentary on, on metafiction, meta and was that there's room for the funny animal character to still be just as heroic, but to be a funny animal, yeah. and to entertain children, and to inspire, and there, that, there has to be a place for those stories, too. To be told, yes. And so he can stand by Superman and no one bats an eye because it's a fantasy. Um, you know, so I'm, I, I'm just irked. Well, the, the, I said it, I'm duly irked. Um, and, and the idea that they, they have to play all these games not to pay someone their royalties. Well, and it is wrong, you know, and that one bothers me because it's been said like, uh, is it Len Wein created Wolverine? Wolverine. Um, Len Wein also created, Lucius Fox. Okay. Okay. And he has gotten more money from the movies. Morgan Freeman being playing Lucius Fox in the Batman movies than he has got as far and that it's been legitimately Paul Levitz made sure that he got paid. Yeah. And DC has been well known for being I thought reasonably fair for this, and now it, it just doesn't feel that way anymore. But anyway, Lenny got more for Lucius Fox than he has for anything of Wolverine's uh, transmedia appearances. So so I, I have to, one other question. You mentioned whoremongering. Yes. And is this other bunnies? He's going to rut like a bunny. That's all I know. I don't know. Other space bunnies? Or are they doing the Howard the Duck thing? I don't know. Okay. But uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, however, DC did, did uh, Dan DiDio did tweet something this weekend that I did personally confirm. Uh, that uh, he's getting help writing The Phantom Stranger. Thank God. By Derek McCaw. No. <laughs> oh. That would be the second wisest thing he could have done. He did the... Uh, he just glowed there for a second. <laughs> just a second. Uh, oh, I, oh, it's a dream. Um, no, he asked uh, J.M. DeMatteis to write The Phantom Stranger with him. And uh, so I emailed uh, J.M. And he confirmed it. And I said... Dang it, it's the one thing that would make me keep buying the book. So congratulations. And he said, I love poking around in the Supernatural Corners. It'll be interesting to see what he does with, with the current storyline. Yeah. You know, yeah. I well, mean, throw your name in the hat when DiDio gets tired of doing it at all. Hey, uh, uh, Jerry, 
put in a good word. I could, I could help you. I could uh, sharpen your pencils. I, just gotta I doubt s- he uses pencils I, I to that. write. I, I doubt that too, but still. I was just trying to go for something. And if he visual. did, they'd probably be mechanical pencils. I was going for something. I could change sharp. his lead. Uh, <laughs> I'm going for something a little uh, more visual. Thanks. Why don't you talk about the books that you wanted to talk about tonight, Nate? Oh, Amazing Friends of the Program. Friends of the Program. Amazing Spider-Man 699.1. Amazing Spider-Man 699.1. Now, I blame Marvel for, with the point one initiative, saying that these are going to be perfect jumping-on points for these books. It hasn't worked yet. Amazing Spider-Man 699.1 is not a jumping-on point for Spider-Man at all. A, because Spider-Man ends with the next issue. B... Because it's the perfect jumping on point for the Morbius book that is coming out. But if they'd done a jumping on point for the Morbius book, most people wouldn't pick that up. Exactly. So then you don't call it Amazing Spider-Man 699.1. But then then our friend Joe Keating... Our friend of the program, Joe Keating, wrote... Would not have had the right to to be thrilled that he had Um, his his name name on the cover of an Amazing Spider-Man And that is thrilling. Because... Joe Keating wrote, it looks like he wrote the bulk of the story. It says it's co-written with Dan Slott. Yeah. I'm going to guess that the co-writing part are the very beginning and the very end because it's parts I imagine. of the... Uh, no, actually, it's only the beginning. The end ends with Morbus. Morbus. By himself. There's yeah. a little section in there where they go back to the prison. But those two sections, I'm thinking, are possibly what they're saying is It co-written. starts off in the prison. I don't think it actually ever goes back. Oh, maybe it does. But it's, it's except in flashback to Spider Man one hundred and one hundred and one. Spider Man doesn't actually appear in this book. Yeah, no. Which is exactly Nate's point. It's yeah. to lead into Morbius. It's yeah. Morbius zero. Okay, well, but all which that I, being which said, I admit I would have bought, but I partially, bought it. partially because well, I like Morbius as a character, and two, I like Joe as a character, and therefore <laughs> I would buy a book that Joe wrote. So, and I mean, I don't know Morbius's uh, backstory, so this was a good jumping on point for me. Uh, you read it, right, Rick? Yeah, I read it. I read the. Original I mean, it's tie. It, it does tie in to the last issue of Spider Man in that they're on what is it, the raft, the prison that he was in. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and Morbius was there, and there's a little bit of that. And then right, it's basically else they walk him. by Morbius, and then he has right. this flashback He's to his origin. standing there remembering things. He, he goes, hey, my prison cell's open. Maybe I'll have a flashback. Yeah, so he remembers his life. If I had a nickel every time this happened. Ah. Michael Morbius, this is your life. Yes. And it's a hell of a life. That kid was... Yeah, the, my problem with the story even, and this is a minor spoiler, but the story is all pretty much to explain his connection to this other guy who he grew up with who helped him find the cure who he then kills oh sure right and that's it well that's what morbius does right he kills the people close so we set up this kind of like one issue long-term tragedy origin well sure which is new spider-man is spider-man because uncle ben died yeah yeah okay And then the other book yes. is Fanboys vs. Zombies number 9. I did mm-hmm. not buy that one. Uh, written by friend of the program Shane Houghton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I actually did read Fanboys vs. Zombies numbers 1, 2, and 3, maybe? Okay. And it's basically just these kids are at Comic-Con and somehow a zombie apocalypse breaks out at well, Comic-Con. Right. I was bitter because I had that concept, Con of the Dead, but, you know. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> what else Did have Dan you Did Dan write numbers one through no. I'm sorry, without Lon Sam- here, I have to take credit for all these ideas that are successful. <laughs> wow. Um, so, I mean, basically, this starts off, they're already... You know, the zombie apocalypse is in full effect, and it looks like... Have they gotten out of the convention? No, they're still at Comic-Con. Well, they're Nine still issues in later, they're yeah. still in the convention? They are. So I don't know what it's happened a big between hall. 3 and uh, 8, but it looks like they found a Robert Kirkman-like character. Nice. Who's a uh, chubbier guy, big beard, and he writes a zombie comic, and he's going to help them get out of San Diego. Um, but there's some, you know, there's a uh, some Houghton boy comedy timing in there. Okay, good. Is yeah. he solo writing, writing or co-writing? This one was co-written. Okay. Uh, but f- I think from here forward, it's going to be just him. And uh, Zombies vs. Van Boys is yeah from Boom. So Boom, and yeah. uh, he's been the Houghton boy has been working on uh, Peanuts for that's uh, right Kaboom, Peanuts. So. And there's a little interview with him in the back of the issue. Where he talks about, you know, he's on Reed Gunther and he's doing Peanuts and this is more adult. Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, all right. Okay, so that's a, that's a recommendation for the week. Anything else in comics you wanted to catch on? I, I think I'm covered. Oh, uh, Batman and Robin. Okay. L- continuing in Death inked of by, the Family. Inked by. Mick Gray. Friend, friend of the program. Of the program Mick, Gray. Mick Gray. And Mr. Tomasi and Mr. Gleason also had some things to do in there. Um, man. We've we've talked about this. This is a continuation of the death in the family storyline of the family. Death of the family. I keep you know. I looked at it There's this afternoon. Different stories. I know. I know. I know. I looked at it this Just afternoon. Like said, Star no, it's Trek death into of the, the darkness. Star, into the darkness. Um, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we've talked about this this uh, series before, and I've only reading this this one: Batman and Robin and Batman. Mm-hmm. I picked up a couple of the you other ones. You haven't been reading Detective by friend of the program, John Lehman? I have not. I have them. I haven't had a chance to read them yet. <laughs> but uh, the the Joker dialogue... He's the, he's the prickliest friend of the program. He is. Yeah. He is. Go ahead. Yes, he's prickly. Um, just awesome, awesome uh, interaction between Damien and the Joker in this. Uh, what The Joker... Did you read that? You, no. No, you haven't read this? Nobody's read this. The the Joker mask face becomes this prop that just it, everything that you've seen him do with it so far is nothing compared to what happens in this book. I think that's the thing that I'm wondering the most out of this is I, one I will assume that the Joker will survive yes this storyline because they are not going to kill the Joker, but on the other hand, the decaying flesh of his separated face yes has to be addressed. Yes. And that's it, you know, so he's got to somehow get his face back. And he he just does some bizarre and twisted things as we'd expect with it. Um but there's a there's a phrase where he says I'm turning my frown upside down. Oh dear god. And it's okay. just wonderful. All right. So highly recommend <laughs> as as always uh, every every issue of Batman and Robin has been a jewel and this one is nonetheless. Excellent. Excellent. 
All right, so let us move to movies. Uh, should we talk to the trailers first? Because Let's we had, talk trailers. We had uh, the new Man, Man of Steel. Steel trailer came out. A lot of Henry Cavill mm. and his very neatly oiled hair. And a lot of Kevin Costner saying stupid things. Yes. Actually, not a lot of it, but just, 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 a very just point. enough just, to just make just it terrible. <laughs> just what he said was stupid. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm bitter. So I'm, seek it out, kids. Well, again, you know, you can see it out on Fanboy Planet. You can see yes. it on our on, on the site, and uh, I did get you know gave over and accepted that you know I'm I'm I might not like this, and I I let go. And then that trailer came, and Kevin Costner's voiceover bothered me, and Henry Cavill said something as Superman that I was assuming was in reference to something that Pa Kent had said. And that made me even angrier. And so it was really hard to keep my zen-like acceptance of giving over and just becoming one with the fandom. Yeah. And letting the sea of excitement wash over me and go, well, at least at least Michael Shannon looks like an interesting General Zod. At least there's that. The special effects will be much more special. I will believe a man can fly. When I do like the effect when he's like, when he's at the Arctic Circle or wherever he is, and he puts his fists down on the ground, and you look and see the rocks kind of shaking on yeah. the ground. And that's the kind of stuff that happens just before a lightning strike or you know any yeah. kind of discharge of energy, and then he shoots up into the sky. And I think that's probably as exciting as I, well, I you know, I, 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 I'm okay with that take of things being a little naturalistic. Yes. Not realistic, but naturalistic. Yes. And trying to give it that. And, and it's interesting to see, but... But as you and I were saying at dinner, the stately pace of a Superman story, we got that. That was Superman the movie. Yeah. That was there. When I was a kid, I could I did not enjoy the grow, the origin sequence of Superman because I wanted to get to Superman. Yep. Now, as an adult, I get it. I'm mean, like, oh, it's cool. And I like the way that story is told. It's saying but, something but it's about... it's been told that way. It's, it's a story about growing up American that can turn even an alien into an honorable person. That's... S- that uh, worked for you, didn't it? And that's, that's right. That's the American dream. That I had great parents. We we all came here from somewhere else, and and we are better people. That's I'm not going to go any further than that. Um, I wouldn't want to walk off any fiscal cliffs, but uh, I'm just not. I'm just just not in need of it again. <laughs> I'm hoping that regarding Pawkins. Terrible, terrible statement. Yes. It's the editing. Yeah. I'm hoping that too. Yeah. I'm hoping that too. But I'm also not, you know, like I like Amy Adams. I, I've enjoyed many performances. I think Enchanted is enchanting. There, I've said it. Mm. Um, but she's also, and I thought this from the casting, as much as I like her and, and, and as attractive as I find her and as much as I think she plays smart, she's a little old for Lois Lane. And especially because Henry Cavill seems like a teen Superman, but he's a supermodel. That's another problem I have with it. He's just there's just something about him that's too like posed. It's posed constantly. But I mean, I guess that's part of the Zack Snyder thing. Zack Snyder pays attention to the aesthetics, and that's not necessarily a criticism. I'm I'm willing to go along with whatever there, but I do feel like from that trailer that there has been a, a crucial miscalculation and rethinking how you should tell that story for the 21st century. Mm-hmm. I still, I'm going to throw that out there again. There are still decent people 
they don't make they don't sell papers or get you get hits on CNN. So there are your problems with that looking over that cliff, Rick. Those people are noisy and crazy, but that's not the people that are most of the people in America. And the people are decent. And I would just like to see someone try to actually tell that story that there is decency and that it's not. Um, it's not pulling them back from the darkness. We said this, like this, the ultimate Superman story isn't about Superman being tempted and going into the darkness and coming back. Although that was explored a bit with Superman two and even just a little extent Superman three. There's five good minutes in that movie. Um, I'd rather see the movie about Lex Luthor, the human who can't accept that someone could be that good. And that, and the focus goes on Lex Luthor. Yeah. And, Super- oh, it's a good point because Luther Luther has a motivation, at least in in current comics. Luther has a motivation that makes much more sense. Yes, and you can you can kind of see how someone would obsess about that, especially someone who is who is self obsessed. Yeah, and then would would say, "Why is this this alien, this potential threat to our planet, so admired and and trusted?" Right. right. So that I agree. That's that that should be an element in the film, if not a focus. Right. Or on the other hand, give me a superpower villain like Zod, and let's see that fist fight. Except let's we just... saw that fight, and that was in the Matrix. Yeah, you know, uh, so which is the shame there. That was like uh, that's I remember sitting through the se- isn't the second Matrix where they have the huge fight flying in the air. I don't think it's the first one. I think it with all the Agent Smiths. Yeah, yeah, that's two. Yeah, in the playground. Yeah, yeah. and I watched that going. Well, that's the Superman movie fight scene I wanted to see. <laughs> okay, <laughs> too bad that's not Superman. Keanu Reeves, that really hurts. Yep, he kind of looks like the black, um, the blue blur, the red blue blur, <sighs> who just became the blur. <laughs> Stop! Like, uh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, let's just cast Matthew McConaughey as, as Superman. Okay, <laughs> get it over for me. Just destroy it for me. Let's okay. Go. Uh, there was also the Lone Ranger trailer. I didn't put that up on the site. But I didn't did you see, see the that Lone one. Ranger trailer. No, I, I thought a little interesting, except too comedic. I'm not. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Does Johnny Depp get the uh, the punchlines, or does he? A little bit. There's yeah. this thing where he's just like the, you know, he dug the graves of all the rangers, and the horse told him this one was not dead. Something's wrong with that horse. You know, <laughs> seriously wrong with that horse. And I was like, yeah, there are punchlines, and he's kind of like, it's Tonto as a monosyllabic Captain Jack Sparrow. So it could still be good. But I guess the problem is, like, Army Hammer is an actor by by even his own name. His actual name of Army Hammer is like, he could be comedic, but he's handsome. He could be an action hero. And then I think they're making him be a comedic action hero, which is what happened if either of you guys saw Mirror Mirror. as Prince, He was Prince Charming in that. And it worked because here's this ridiculously good-looking guy who absolutely has no qualms about looking like an idiot. Great. That's a good quality to have yeah. uh, for a leading man. It's great. But there are times, again... Pull it back. This is the Lone Ranger. This is a, a mission of vengeance. Be competent. And everything in that trailer says, no, he had no business being on that mission, which he might not have. You know, But depending. it's not going to be as bad as Green Hornet. I, I still like Green Hornet because at least you arced into something there. But um, Is it going to tie into Green Hornet? They can't. Different studios. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, two different properties. Only in Dynamite's comic books can you tie them in since they're both being published. Mm-hmm. But so so masks, I think, can do it, which is going to expand out to even more masks. But, yeah. um, you know, so it, it was okay. I, I couldn't say anything more than, you know, uh, you're getting an origin story of the Lone Ranger. It's a lot more mystical. I don't even mind that so much. 
Um, it's going to involve trains. Um, but that's and yeah. you know, just every they've all got to all westerns. That's how you get the big chase now. scene. Yeah, yeah. Because trains were the fastest um, things. And at least when he finally puts on the mask, there's a sense of that that's going to be played seriously. But I, you know, so I powder don't, powder blue uh, outfit. No, he's not in this one. No, it's gray. The powder blue is gray, dark yeah. gray, charcoal. Um, so hey, yeah. The powder blue, though, I, that doesn't bother me because since it started off as a radio show, yeah. it's like the powder blue thing came in later. I accept that. Yeah, he can't. I mean, when it came on TV, it was more that was kind of the singing, the end of the singing cowboy era. And right, but I also like, I think powder blue looked better in black and white. My first than a, than a gray. My or first a white cowboy one. hat, and I was living in LA at the time, was red and went with my red boots. You know, that was it was a different time. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, that was in the 80s, and you wore chaps a lot. Um, <laughs> just around West Hollywood. So, chaps are not pants, damn it. Yes, they're not. Okay, uh, and we talked about this, you know, still, people are still speculating about Star Trek, but we'll leave that, because you went to see The Hobbit. I did. But they did not show the nine minutes of Star oh, Trek at the they press. They didn't. Jerks. Well, you know, a, they rarely show previews. A, I mean, at it's the even press. like when Marvel does the when Marvel does the press previews of the of their superhero movies, they leave off the tag scene. What? Sometimes they have left off Iron Man, the first Iron Man. They left off. They did not show the Nick Fury scene at the end for the press, and I think it was Cap. Uh, maybe it was Thor. They no, they did Thor. Something that, they, I, yeah, they left it off with something. So anyway, we go. Yeah, go ahead. Anyway, the point is, you saw the Hobbit. You saw it in 48 FPS. I did. You did not throw up. In so 3D. let's talk about 3D the experience. 3D at 48 frames per second. Right, but nobody's focusing on the four, on the 3D. Yeah, it's the I know. 48 FPS. But uh, okay, so technically, let's talk about the film just technically since we're there. Um, this is the first film of three of a book that is smaller than any volume of Lord of the Rings. By a, yes, it's like a third the length of any of the, the Lord of the Rings books. But if they edited it in part of the Silmarillion, yeah, they, which my recollection would be that the Silmarillion being one volume, still slimmer than that, yeah. felt like six volumes of Lord it of the did. Rings. It did. It felt like you were trying. I to could not finish that. Book. Learn to read Chaucer in the original Old English. Yeah, that that's. It's, I read that. I've done that. One I got there all the way to the end. I did not get through um, the Silmarillion. So. Yeah, and apparently some parts of uh, Christopher Tolkien's writing have worked into this as well as what you can anticipate happened from what Gandalf says when he was away uh, and what he says during uh, the Fellowship of the Ring as well. Um, so Jackson's drawing from a lot of source material to expand these books, these uh, mm-hmm. this story into three films. But let's let's be honest. He's doing it basically because... He wants another Lord of the Rings. He wants another epic of the same size and breadth of Lord of the Rings. He's not really going to get it, but he's going to get a very pleasant, long trek through Middle Earth. Well, but did your brain explode from watching 48 frames per second? No. Let, let me let me explain a little bit about that. Um, there was a there was a big flurry of uh, news about how many people got sick during preview showings. Um, then it was exposed that all that came out of like two Twitters tweets um, from people who were speculating on <laughs> that people might get sick. And really what it is, the beginning of the film starts with the, the history of the Dwarven Kingdom. 
And when we are going across Middle Earth, down to where the dwarven homeland was, underground, into their caverns, down into their treasure troves, back up to the throne rooms, down where the miners go, this is all being done by camera swooping Flying through. through, making strange and forward moving while sideways moving, then flipping over and coming down. It is very much a visually overloading experience and especially it's like in, a visual roller coaster yeah in 3d um debbie my wife does get seasick and did start to feel a little nausea i don't get seasick i just looked at it and went this is where people who get seasick <laughs> might feel a little <laughs> nausea but it's it's just that one segment and I'd, I'd say that segment is three to five minutes long uh, of mm-hmm. expository stuff, and the rest of the film doesn't use that type of technique. There is a lot of there is a lot of fast fast action, and the forty eight frames per second I think reduces some of the blur that we associate with yeah. with a lot of but rapid that's, so motion. That's, that's the real uh, criticism I've heard. So I want your opinion. Does it reduce the wonder? No, in this it doesn't any more than I would say. Um, high definition television reduced beauty in people's faces by seeing you see more pores. Um, and I'll explain this a little bit more. I think that some of the special effects that they've been doing in Lord of the Rings throughout the series mm-hmm. didn't work as well with this type of filming technique. So there were, in particular, there were scenes on the planes where they're being chased across the plains and there's a there's fast fast moving mm-hmm. wolves on the plains that are obviously CGI and they don't quite look like they're on they're on the ground you know they're not they're they're kind of moving over it and i think if it wasn't for the the extra, extra crispness of the film I wouldn't have noticed or been bothered by that. Okay, so there, that's that's interesting. I, you know, one thing I read from Peter Jackson was that he was trying to make the special effects match, yeah, what they could have, what they could do ten years ago. And the problem is, no, you really needed to move forward, yes, especially with this new technique. Yeah, and another, uh, you know, he he goes back to the well. Of course, we go back to Rivendell, Rivendell in the original films beautiful the waterfalls moving through the town coming down from behind going forward um we go right back to that same set and it looks really kind of flat it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the animated mat behind the mm-hmm. the scenery they have up front and it looks really kind of flat in this it still looks beautiful it doesn't look worse than it did okay. before but we get the impression they go they're kind of standing in front of a green screen where okay. the mat is okay so um from a story standpoint, uh, they they, I went back that night, got, got home, and I read through the first half of the book of The Hobbit. My God, the focus this man has! Seriously, and because I w- I really wanted to see where they expanded stuff. Sat through a five hour movie, and then I read the book. Two and a, two hours fifty minutes. <laughs> um, the they they basically pulled plot line up through halfway through the book so far in the first movie. Okay. Now the the this which does make sense because they didn't make the decision to do it as a trilogy until about three or four months ago. It's it's so, quite possible. Uh, so and I'll tell like, you, I'll tell you, I can speculate without spoiler on this, and I'm going to assume that we're going to go ahead and say that the Hobbit's been out for mm, fifty years, uh, sixty years, more so, yeah, sixty years. Um, 
Actually, no, since 30, 38 or 39. 39. So it's been around for a while, folks. Um, the first part is about the journey to the Lonely Mountain. Then there's a section where it's about small uh, about the river town people and going to the mountain and, and getting dealing with smog. And then when smog is... Uh, let, let's pronounce it differently. Smog. Smog. So that it's not smog. Smog. S-M-O-G. They're not the dragon. dealing with a combination of smoke Shmerg. and fog. They're dreamly, dealing with a dragon. Um, dragon! Dragons! So... And then the last part of the book Jason is Sons. is called the uh, the War of the Three Armies, mm-hmm. where where everyone comes in and wants their share. I they all, totally remember. They that. all feel that they their treasures have been taken over. I the remember years. that because I remember the Rankin Bass special even more than I remember reading the book. And I think that's that's basically when you think about is that the cartoon. Yeah, when you that's think about expanding the this greatest stuff, adventure, where there's a the whip, whip. <laughs> there's a way. Yeah, it's not from the from. That's not from the Hobbit, though. That might be from Return of the King. I think it's from Return of the King. I don't know. You know, there's a cover band that does that. That, that it especially is just doing songs from the Rankin Best specials. <laughs> That's awesome of Tolkien. Of Tolkien. Yeah, I need their albums. So anyway, I think get, it's just one album. I can't imagine you can do much with them. You know. So getting 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 through this, uh, there are some charming things about the Hobbit. About reading it, it's a it's much more a fairy tale than an adventure story in comparison with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. the The adventure is more about avoiding battle and combat and sneaking around and getting mm-hmm. uh, than it is going in and attacking with a war cry. And there's a fair number of situations where they've expanded what could have been a minor skirmish or no skirmish at all into being kind of a battle with the trolls all being hero uh, trolls. The, the dwarves all being heroic and so and it's not that bad some people are going to get be upset by that and you know it, it bothered me a little bit because i had my expectations for having read the book i don't know how many times right but let it go enjoy enjoy the ride and again just for michael goodson's sake there's a lot of spiders in this one too right uh the spiders haven't shown up yet but there are in the there Hobbit. are in the I, Hobbit. There, there's there a, there's a forest of Hobbit. You know they basically get bagged by the trolls, then they get webbed up by the the spiders. Right. And again, Bilbo has to Bilbo saves them in both, but doesn't get real credit for doing and it. And then they get fired by the Didios. <laughs> well, that's that goes without saying. Um, anyway, uh, I felt that uh, the film the film moves right along. Two hours and fifty minutes, and there's no lull in it. It moves. It moves uh, at a very good pace. Uh, we have a. We have. We have uh, all the actors that you'd expect to see from the fir- from the uh, yeah. from the first film from the Lord of the Rings coming back, including um, an unexpected uh, visit from Christopher Lee as Saruman. Um, and but you know what? You said that I did expect that. You did. I didn't. Expect I haven't it. seen it. Don't give me. But I did expect it. Um, it's not. Look, a, they it's, shoehorned Orlando Bloom as Legolas into it, so he hasn't shown up yet. Well, I'm saying that I've seen the still. So, okay, okay. He must be in the second. I think I know why you. Okay, yeah. But uh, it's great to see 90 year old Christopher Lee still being incredibly menacing on the screen, even though he hardly moves at all. <laughs> well, he did die five years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah, they just stuffed him. That's okay. a Madame Tussauds wax replica. <sighs> It makes sense now. I'm going to feel really bad if he dies before this podcast. I, uh, you, I know. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. So out of five 
out of five. Schneids. How many do you <laughs> give it? I actually would give it five. I, I think it's, oh, it's five schneids. I think for what Jackson five out of five schneids for, I, and I will I will give it five from the intent of the producer. Are I think of of high really, five schneids, <laughs> high five, yes, and high fiber schneids too. They are definitely um, because fiber is important. A five schneid film fanboys. I, I'm giving it, and I'm saying. I believe that Jackson is did what he set out to do. He did so in an entertaining way, and he pro, he produced an exceptional film that um, that, that a lot of people are going to meet the feebles. That a lot of people are going to probably try and uh, catch me in a dark alley and beat me for saying that I, I think it's five out of five. The uh, uh, but well, I, would I agree say, with the catch you in a dark alley. That's probably not why. I would say that to those people, let it go, enjoy the ride. And, I would say to them, take a number and. <laughs> from from the standpoint from the standpoint of storytelling every element that you would ever want from the book is in the movie which you can't say about a lot of movies and that's this, true this is this is definitely I inclusive. am looking forward to it I you know who knows and it'll be interesting uh it'll be interesting to see yep. so uh you know yeah let us uh turn to television shall we because Nate you had something about walking dead there's a controversy over walking dead that that's right. Show. Like, not the fact that there's flesh-eating zombies and they've waited three years to get upset about this. Go ahead. I read a tweet. <laughs> oh, a from, tweet? From Walking Dead something or other. Troublemaking tweets. Talking Walking Dead or whatever uh, to an EW article. Entertainment that, Weekly. That's right. Or ooh. I'm sorry, the, we just have a earthquake? Is that a big truck or is that an earthquake? Or an airplane? Something's flying overhead. Okay, no, it's been applying. Okay. I don't see it, shook the, it shook the yeah. mic and shook, oh. it shook me. Oh yeah, there it is. It sounds like it's a helicopter or something. It might be one of the police oh, helicopters. Oh, okay. there are occasional life flight uh, helicopters go oh, between okay. the two. Okay. Sorry for this interruption. People Good times. As well, going. Uh, <laughs> this was not scheduled till next Friday. <laughs> um, I could edit that out. I I think perhaps you should. Okay. So uh, okay, so no, don't edit that out. We just had a, a live on the air earthquake, or it helicopter, was at least <laughs> or a helicopter came by, and we've at never least experienced a one point three on the Richter scale. The giant metal bird in sky, <laughs> it have light, shake table. We haven't covered uh, Revolution lately, but they had their season ending episode, which actually ended with a helicopter. What? Yeah. They must have one of those little things in there. It was actually, it actually got better. And that's I heard. So what are they called? The PTC? Parent Television Council? Yes. Yes. So apparently, I've never noticed this, the rating on The Walking Dead is uh, TV 14 or whatever, so kids 14 and over. The PTC is saying it should be mature audiences because of all the gore and violence, etc. death. But my question is this. The show comes on at 9 o'clock. Right. If you're a parent that is concerned about what your child is watching, aren't you watching TV with them by 9 o'clock? You're not home from work yet? No, because you Plus want to legislate Sunday. everyone Plus else. Oh, and it's on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. there's that and you're, too. You're well, we're ba- to... And we're back to the DVR argument. Like I wanted to say this because yeah. I was listening last week to our, uh, our, our fabulous Fairmont cast. And uh, and we were talking about like the Tron uh, 
and I'm still not thinking. Can't, I'm never pulling up the right name of the TV show. Revolution. It's not revolution. It's uh, uprising. Uprising. Tron yeah. uprising. And the thing about Sunday night at midnight is, you can say that Friday's a, a wasteland, but it's not for little kids. It's a, for kids are watching, or the assumption is they're going to record it on Friday night, yeah. and they're going to watch it on Saturday morning. So putting a show on at Sunday night at midnight is a death slot for kids. They're not looking for it there. Um, so this, it, I, I'm, I'm with Rick. It, it's 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 legislative. Look, TV 14, absolutely. There are. I mean, I, I look at my own students, and this is not a criticism of parenting. The reality is that, um, well, like we live in a city that's having a, a banner year for murders. That's right. Um, so we know that the violence is there, and. I, I agree. If you think that you that your kid can't handle it, tell them they can't watch. You know what? That actually worked when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but at the same at the same time, a fourteen year old what is that? A sophomore? Yeah. Really? A sophomore in high school is not old enough to watch. No, a show they are. And if, you, and if you put TVMA, uh, sophomore, and you know yeah. what? You put a TVMA, they're still gonna watch it. Well, uh, exactly. Right. And, and I'm sorry. It doesn't but matter if, you, if the parents if aren't you paying live, attention. If, with zombies in the zeitgeist the way they are, if you as a parent don't realize that zo- flesh eating, a show about flesh show eating zombies. A show called Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> What's that about, Timmy? Oh, it's angels. It's about this guy named Joaquin who <laughs> is uh, an angel. Yes. He, he, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. And, and I. I you know, and I'm sorry, and certainly having gone to enough screenings of horror films where there are three-year-olds running in the aisles. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Hey, PTC, tell you what. Why don't you go to your you? local AMC and keep – Key and Peel had a really good routine about this – and keep the families that are using – that don't care what movie they're seeing as long as, it, as long as it's cheaper than a babysitter from seeing these terribly inappropriate films. That's right. Yep. I remember – Remember the beginning of Thunder in Paradise? They had like little clips of each Hulk Hogan's series, Thunder th- in Paradise. No, Thunder Tropic Thunder. Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Yes. Yeah. Very Thunder in Paradise <laughs> is the Hulk Hogan series. <laughs> That's I why I wasn't sure where Remember you were the going. The beginning of Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Right, yes. with all the they fake ads. Tropic Thunder. The fake ads. Yeah. Still one of my favorite movies. Exactly. We're sitting there thinking, "All right, this is going to be a comedy. There's a family next to us." Parents, teenager, eight-year-old, four or five-year-old, and the music video comes on. Yeah, and they're just sitting there watching it. And I was, I was uncomfortable sitting next to three kids watching this music video that was completely inappropriate for kids. Uh huh. And the parents just sat there and laughed all the way through it. That's Didn't the look booty at kids. sweat Didn't, one. Bo- yes. yes. Yeah. Remind me to tell you something off the air about that uh, uh, along those lines. Um. That, didn't cover the kids' eyes. Didn't say, no, you know, I, don't repeat this. Didn't stand up and go, and look, oh, I we're will not de- in a I good movie de- for again, this. You know, this is the problem. I will defend anybody's right to be ignorant. And <laughs> Unfortunately. Unvo- well, you know, and anybody's right to, you know, look, you're right. It is your kid. Um, but I just... I just I, but the rest... I mean, because I tell my kids, like, if they say, well, so-and-so, this friend of mine saw this, and they go, mm-hmm. well, that's their parent. No, no, but it's it's not... It's not it's those okay. people... I don't think it's Those okay. people may be a problem, a different type of problem, but they are not the problem that... No, that, PTC is the... Uh, it's the PTC the who are saying, let's legislate 
to make sure nobody, nobody can guesses. see this right, right, right. because there are parents out there who obviously don't care. Well, and it's not going to change you, what happens you know, with those kids. And I said last week, like, you know, I like, to some extent, I find limitations, you know, necessary for some creativity. Like, you know, I'm on, if you were on ABC and you had a censorship, I, you know, there's still, there's a, a, a limit to what kind of language you can use. Yeah. Force creep. Creativity, I understand that because that's the public airwaves. Everybody, everybody has a shot at seeing that. But again, a show like The Walking Dead. Look, we went so far. The subject matter alone has already crossed the line, as far as, jeez, I couldn't have imagined that. What your kids should be watching. I couldn't have imagined that in the seventies that someday no. there was going to be a movie. And there was going to be a TV series, a weekly as zombie Guano frightening to me as Night of the Living Dead, (laughs) which in hindsight, not realizing that Bob Wilkins was really breaking ground by showing that movie uncut on Channel 2. (laughs) Uh, And I shouldn't have seen that, but I did, and I got through it. And that's the thing. It's like, like, I'm sorry, but the world is too screwed up in reality to worry about whether or not your fiction is appropriate, because if you are concerned, my parents tried to coddle me, honestly, tried to coddle me and protect me, and I watched Gilligan's Island and Brady Bunch, and they lied to me before I could tell time and told me that I was going to bed at 11.30. We were told really that, 8.30. And <laughs> we were told the McHale's Navy and Hogan's Heroes were well, accurate no, let, representations let, let, let of World War II. Point. But I was still terrified every night. That Zodiac was coming for me. Oh. And why? Because every night on the on 6 the news. o'clock news, Zodiac was mentioned. Oh, yeah. And then when my mom finally cornered me and said, why are you all... I don't know if she used the word skittish. I don't remember. Cause I, you know, whatever. The equivalent of we had this big plate glass window in the living room and I was just really really afraid that Zodiac was going to drive through or something. I didn't understand. You know. And my mom asked you know, why are you so jumpy? And I said, it's okay, finally, you know, after months of my mother not noticing, again, had I had a health problem, I would not be here today. Uh, <laughs> you know, but and I'm free in saying that because my mother does not understand podcasts. Uh, but but then she said, you know, what are you scared of? And I said, Zodiac. And she said, what's good at school has been talking to you about Zodiac? And I was like, Flick! And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, Flick did it. And I'm like, he said, what? Schwartz. <laughs> Schwartz. And, and it's not. And, and you know. Nice seasonal reference. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even articulate. You. You're the one. <laughs> yeah. My parents were elementary right. school teachers and Zodiac had threatened to take out a busload of kids on a field trip. So my parents were the ones that were afraid all the time. And it's just, and I'm sorry, and I think about that, and it's like, right. and I was scared to watch Creature Features, when really, the the scariest thing in my life was a legitimate grief. Uh, you know, I grew up in the early 70s in the Bay Area when there was a serial killer you saw threatening that. to take out a busload of children. And you saw that on TV, and today's TV is no different. Right. Almost any newscast opens up with a child being kidnapped. Or a body being found, or a shootout. Yes, uh, yes. Or... and you know, and but I will say this: I want to, and I, my my biggest regret at a WonderCon was uh, just hanging out, talking with John Stanley, who was replaced yeah. Bob Wilkins as the host of Creature Features, and he and I have kind of formed a, a, a casual, convention-based friendship. I always say hi, talk to him, and this guy walked by, and he went, "Hey," and he, "Hey, Bob," and it was Robert Graysmith. 
who was who Jake Gyllenhaal played in Zodiac and was the guy who figured out who the Zodiac killer was and wrote all the books about who it was. And it was like this wait. I said, um, could you, my regret is we couldn't call him back because I wanted to thank that guy above all others for like, I was in my 20s before that fear got to go away because I read your book. <laughs> and now that I know Zodiac is gone, ah, nothing scares me now. Not even plate glass windows. No, I don't really know. What about clowns? No, 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 no. What about zombies, Derek? Are you afraid of zombies? I'm afraid of zombie clowns. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? <laughs> I, I found that the most terrifyingly hilarious moment of Zombie Land when he says zombie clowns. I'm like, yes, that's totally. I get it. That would be the worst thing. So anyway, there's my rant, and I don't like the P- the PTC because I don't like mindless censorship. Educate people. Absolutely. You want to form a council and educate people, parents who aren't paying attention? Yep. Fine. We legislated a freaking V-chip. You're supposed to. We put a tool in the TV Have so you can keep your kid from watching it. Make it And we're law. too lazy and dumb to figure it out. How to, and I admit, I am too. Too lazy and dumb to <laughs> learn how to use it. But you know what I do with my kids is say, they never watch TV without me. Now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... If something comes out, you watch it first and decide this is good enough for Luke to watch. This was right? my question. If it's absolutely, if, if it's questionable, and Luke, like The Dark Knight, Luke absolutely understands. Dude, you are not going to watch these for a while. And he even said it to me this la- <laughs> last weekend. I said something about, oh, The Dark Knight Rises is coming uh, because something he saw like an ad for it, and he goes, mm, I don't think I want to watch that yet. I don't think I'm ready, Dad. And I've been offering to, to show him the Tim Burton one, mm-hmm. and he goes. Think that might be, but it's like no. You just watch Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. You can handle <laughs> so Jack. Nick- you can handle Jack Nicholson. I'm ready to show Jonah Hex and see if you can in- explain that one to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, He's just going to turn to you and you say, "Dad, just figured out what Warner Brothers is doing. They're having eight-year-olds make the movies." <laughs> my, my, you know, Robert Rodriguez did it, and that's why I saw Shark Boy and Lava Girl twelve times because mm. my son loved it. But um, yeah, I mean, but that's it. You know, my son gets that. His mother and I both parent well enough to say this is, and his older sister because she definitely now, says that's not appropriate. When uh, will he be allowed to watch Big Trouble in Little China? Because that was a. Uh, Big movie. Oh, my, I'm ready. I'm my ready. Childhood. I, I'm ready for Big Little. <laughs> he should be able to watch that now. I can't think there's anything in Big. I, I, am the I, scariest part is I haven't. It's not about scary. It is, you know. And here I I give in well, to yeah, all the yeah. hypocrisy people are. It's not about scary. It's about sexuality. None in Big. Yeah, and and, 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 much as you want there to be, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I second that. Embarrassingly enough, uh, but yeah, like you know, and we and he and I watched Arrow, and he was really into Arrow. So, which we transition again to, to television. Loved Arrow, caught up on Arrow. He got really excited with the Huntress thing, but he really did not like the kissing parts. Mm. You know, so and that's Princess okay. Bride. Oh, he loves the yeah, he, but he does like the <laughs> Princess Bride. Well, that's the kissing part, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I got the reference, but 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 you know, Oliver and Helena, uh, you know, made out a little bit, and they and there's the strong impli- not the implication, but then they fought they had later, sex, and they fought later, and he didn't get that there was sex, and that's good, you know, it's fine. But I, I admit that's my hypocrisy. Like the violence is okay, um, it's the sexuality that's it, it, yeah. of concern. But again, I'm a parent, and you're and you're right. I check it out first, and I don't always have time. And there's I mean, there's gobs, which wasn't an option to me as a kid. I mean, we watch a lot of cartoons, but 
These kids' day, there were no four channels of 24-7 animated <laughs> programming. You spoiled bastards. We had to wait till Saturday morning or That's after right. we'd done our chores after school. And if school. a gentleman sat on a lady's bed, he had to keep one, one foot, foot on, on the, the floor. floor. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> what? That's true. That's a that Hays Code rule. Yeah. That, awesome. uh, that, yes, if you showed it. It was the same thing. You can't show anyone killing a police officer. Um, and evil could triumph. Uh, There's a very famous poster that has all of these things in yeah. one one shot. It's amazing. That's awesome. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Thanks for triggering that rant. I just get mad. I mean, again, educate. Educate. Don't we have some other news that Nate wanted to talk about? Uh, well, let's see. We wanted to, oh, I wanted to mention uh, Blu-ray-wise before I let, uh, yes. let Nate go off on his Let me go off joy. on my quick tangent because i got to go. Oh, you do? Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. Give Tiffany our love. I will do that. Avengers Alliance, ladies and gentlemen, yes. your favorite Facebook game. Deadpool became available. He was the PvP Season 1 prize, which was in October. Captain America came out on the on iPhone. Avenger, on Avengers Initiative. Oh, is that the Hulk one? The Hulk, in, yes. Nice. So now it's, yeah, I got the yeah. update. I haven't played it. So anymore. apparently what Playdom decided to do to get it. <laughs> was have three different pricing levels for Deadpool. If you, didn't, if you didn't get in the top half of a percent ranking in the PvP, you could buy Deadpool a month later, which just happened on Tuesday or Wednesday. Some people have to pay 135 command points. Some people have to pay 112. Some people have to pay 90. There's no rhyme or reason to who has to pay what. It's Deadpool. That makes sense to me. It's Playdom. That makes sense to everyone. That's, that's the d- designer They're of the screwing developer. Of the it's game. the Disney Interactive Games branch. So you're still enjoying this one? Oh yeah, I still like the game. <laughs> they just started uh, season two. Just ended of PvP. You get cable for that one, so in a month you can buy cable for too many command points. And season three just started today. Psylocke is the uh, special prize there. So, so let me let me just ask you a question here, because I I played this for about a half an hour when it first came out, and it didn't grab me the way it grabbed you and so many of our friends. Yes, the, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm still okay. with you. So, so it's a rare night where like Rick and I are in lockstep. If I was to give <laughs> this another try, don't do it. How how far back would I be, and how many hours of my day would I be giving up for how long to get anywhere near caught up or at the level of you insane? I mean, you fine fellows. Uh, to catch up, you would have to put in a lot of hours because okay. we've been playing. I mean, I've been playing fairly consistently. So you, so my uh, my concept is you have like a stable of superheroes already collected. Already, yes, I have paid for all of the available heroes under my stable, except for Deadpool, who just became available, Tigra, who just became available, and then uh, see a, now you're just bragging. You're not answering my question. <laughs> I don't know how many there are. I have eight pages of heroes. How about okay. that? So it sounds like this is a game where if I was going to play, I'd have to convince Derek to play with me to to be on like uh, the no, same I'm, level. I'm, I'm farther ahead than you are. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yes, Derek oh is God. a level three Thetan. Wow. <laughs> Wait a minute. I joined Scientology. Did you join Scientology? <laughs> you don't have to play with I knew you already not- got your own planet, but... This is absurd. You're not playing with uh, I think anyone. I, I think I... Uh, you don't get the plan anymore? I think I gave up my rights to that. Wow. In fact, if you played now and you called in a distress call and had me come and help you out, 
I would completely overpower the entire Anything. enemy forces that right. you were fighting against. So it'd be like I'd be Forbish Man, and you'd be like the uh, super adaptoid coming in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I totally get that. Um, yeah, I so. love being a nerd. It's fun having that code. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, then the, the last thing I wanted to bring up was the Blu-ray came out this week of Ted in Fanboys We Trust, gents. Indeed, uh, that, that this week on, uh, on Blu-ray is Ted, the Seth MacFarlane, uh, and I admit late convert uh, to the to liking Seth MacFarlane. I it, I would see it even up to his voicing in Hellboy Two. I was not a Seth MacFarlane fan, but this is the year that he's done it, and it hasn't been the TV shows. I still find Family Guy somewhat tedious though amusing from time to time. I like American Dad, uh, but Ted was really what sold me, um, and so it is available. The story of a of an enchanted teddy bear that comes to life, and um, and then what happened? I, did you see it? The begin- no, I didn't say. I'm waiting for the Blu-ray. The setup of the film is that the kid. It's like it's like one of those really bad '80s holiday films. This kid. Wishes for a friend because he has no friends. The bear comes to life, and it's great. And so the first five minutes of the movie are that 80s film. And then it's like, well, eventually, if you live long enough, everybody stops giving an S. And Patrick Stewart narrates. And uh, <laughs> and and then what happens when they grow up and the enchanted teddy bear still has there. now gone through puberty and is still uh, and is now an adult, a bitter... Uh, early 30s slacker teddy bear and it's it's pretty funny and it involves flash gordon there's the aside from being a fantasy concept it involves the 8 1980 film flash gordon and and hero worship of sam J. jones which made me absolutely love that and um it just it sounds like a seth MacFarlane bit though w- but it's a bit that works the no, whole sure, way I, yeah. and and well plotted well paced and just this loopy thing uh, with uh, Giovanni Rabisi shows up as sort of a sort of a villain of the piece, and it's it's just it's just the wonderful kind of like side trip into humor without detracting from the main drive that I love. And the weakest character in it for actually Joel McHale shows up as another kind of antagonist to uh, Mark Wahlberg, and. Like, he's the least believable, and I love Joel McHale on Community, but meh, you know, but the movie itself is absolutely worth the time. It's funny, it's not for everybody because it is obscene, and there's a lot of swearing and drug use and jokes about that, but it's funny, and I'm impressed by that, and then, of course, after that, you know, Seth MacFarlane hosts Saturday Night Live, I loved that, I went ahead and bought his album of, of big band standards, I'm in love with that album, so... Every bad thing I've ever thought about Seth MacFarlane, probably still true, but he's finally do. I now realize he had to get to this point where he had to be powerful enough to truly do what, what he, he wanted wants to, to do. do. Yeah. And now he's proving what I always suspected. There was a far more talented man than he was allowing himself to be or that Fox was allowing to be. I don't think be. you can pull that many obscure references out of your head without having just a massive brain huge collection I think of he might associations. Be a genius. Yeah. I think he might be a genius yeah. and I might freely say that that I would like to now meet him and have a conversation with him. Yeah. Whereas a year ago, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to see the movie. I never got to it in the theaters. I am intrigued by the commercials for this which are really pushing the additional factors on the the, the background I haven't watched stuff. The extras yet, so the extras are really getting pushed more than you find in most movies. So uh, they must be pretty good because uh, they're trying to get people who've already seen the film who might not be 
picking up the movie to yeah. to buy it by virtue of the the additional uh, interviews and such. Yeah, so. Maybe. Well, and and that's uh, at this point all I have to say. We have uh, next week. Uh, everybody will have seen the, the nine minutes of Star Trek, so we can talk about that for next yeah. week. Uh, certainly, if you listen to us on, uh, well, you can find us on www.fanboyplanet.com. You probably already have. Listen to us on the Stitcher app. You can find us on the Stitcher app. Please do. And uh, you can also find us on iTunes. And tell a friend and give us a rating. And, of course, check out our our holiday gift guide. still up. Uh, and uh, we keep adding to it because we come up with, oh, yeah. It's I'll a pretty impressive this. list of things to spend money on. There's a page that's like, it feels like a tower of things that Indeed. I, I feel like I must have. And yet I don't know where I'm going to put it. And uh, But that's okay because if you, you have that feeling, you're here among friends. It's okay. Go Did ahead you want to tease the, uh, the contest at all? Oh, oh yes. And so uh, the big thing, which should be up on the site by the time you get this, is that we have the t- uh, Target mentioned that they have, uh, I think, 12 exclusive toys. And one of them was a Mega Bloks Halo set that is only available at Target. And I got confirmation yesterday that, and that would be Wednesday, that they are giving us one of these. I think it's, I think it's a list price of 60 bucks. So it's a huge Halo, which admittedly, Halo is not a franchise I've gotten into because I'm the lame gamer, but I know you are into it, so it's yes. going to mean something to say this is a really, a, to, even to me, it's a cool-looking set. And uh, so we have this $60 value, this Mega Bloks Halo construction block set. Uh, that if you don't like yourself, you're going to know somebody to give it to you for absolutely Christmas. absolutely are. If you're listening to this podcast, so check out fanboyplanet.com. And enter the contest. I'm not even going to give you any trivia questions. To Just enter your name and your age. And make sure that you are in the continental United States. Because I'm going to be f- perfectly honest about this. I'm the one that's got to pay postage on it. And I'm willing to do that. But you gotta, but you got to be in the continental U.S. Well, we could do local pickup if the person just happens. Oh, that's to be, true. I, happens to be in the Bay Area. If well, who knows? I don't want to. You know, I don't, it feels like we'll, we'll tilt it. Oh, it'll save me five bucks. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. I will. I will. This will be. We'll, I will even have Rick be the one to pull the pull the name I, for yeah, extra yeah, sure. integrity. Uh, so, uh, or or Justin or or, or Debbie, <laughs> Debbie, Debbie's. <laughs> integrity. Debbie gives us integrity. Uh, I had you there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chris Garcia, because Chris Garcia couldn't care. Uh, couldn't care less. Tiffany. Tiffany couldn't care less. So uh, We'll figure somebody out. Somebody. There's got to be. My employer. I will have my boss. Just pick a name out of this hat. One of the nuns. Why. Don't ask why. Yeah, find a nun. Uh, no one can assail a nun's integrity. Okay, so uh, anyway, all that. And uh, so check it out on, check out our Amazon gift guide. Hey, if you want to just give us a Christmas gift. Say hi on Facebook. Say hi on Facebook. Absolutely. You can, you can tweet us too. We're at fan... Uh, at fanboy plant or is it hashtag i still do not understand that if you're perfectly. talking to somebody it's at, at. if you're referencing it's something fanboy it's planet. hashtag hashtag fanboy planet so check us out there check us out on facebook and we will hopefully be talking to you next week so until then we're down to two i'm derek mccaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com the empty chair was nate costa we miss you nate and I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast.
Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.